Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 497. Unfortunately, this past week, James Harris, better known as Kamala, passed away at the age of 70. Um, such a unique character in the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I remember as a kid, just he, his gimmick was just an eye catcher, especially as a, as a child. Um, whenever you heard his music or you saw his face paint or anything, you just, you were drawn to automatically watch what he was going to do. I mean, I remember as a kid, uh, seeing him back in 1992 in the Manhattan center at a Monday night raw. That's cool. Um, yeah, I, I remember watching him as a kid and legit like laughing about how this guy was trying to pin his opponent the wrong way. Like Cameron, you know, like Cameron. Yeah, it's, um, it's but, interesting how the character was developed with uh, Kamala, James Harris with uh, Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler for for Memphis territory. That like what, Jerry uh, Lawler's sure. like you're you're not a wrestler. You're like I just want you using chops and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. And Lawler was the first person to originally not not the face paint we know, I believe. Mm-hmm. But the original Kamala face paint was done by Lawler. And I think that mask was Jerry Jarrett's mask. Really? He just owned that. <laughs> wow. I'm pretty sure That's... he just owned it. In his... and, and, and they filmed the original uh, vignette for Kamala for Memphis Territory was filmed at Jerry Jarrett's place. Like, gigantic estate, it has to be, for there to be like an actual pond. Like a big pond or whatever. And they, it was interesting to, to hear Jerry Lawler speak about that. I believe on Busted Open. That's incredible. You know, like, um, there's just so much to remember him by, from the chops, the face paint, the pinning. Uh, he, I mean, his his um, reactions to the Undertaker. Yeah, definitely. You know, like, uh, yeah, probably like most well remembered for his work in the '80s and '90s against guys like Hulk Hogan and the Undertaker. But in later years, even, I thought it was cool. They brought him in to face Umaga when Umaga was wrapped up in, like, a feud with Eugene. Mm-hmm. So, But it was cool because Umaga and Kamala were very similar characters. Yeah. Where they weren't wrestlers. They were they were beasts. Yeah, and both, both, like, nonverbal. Yeah, and they also brought in... They brought Kamala in during uh, Randy Orton's feud with Undertaker. So it was really cool to see Kamala versus Randy Orton because Randy Orton is like, uh, Randy Orton is fantastic, obviously. So he's like, he's selling and everything, making it look very viable. Yeah, you you saw, you would see like Randy Orton selling and you're like, wow, Kamala's, he packs a punch still. And even in, like, a crazier aspect for the Ring of Honor Championship at an independent wrestling federation in New Jersey against Brian Danielson, I believe in 2006, maybe? Mm-hmm. That's, like, it's not, like, the greatest of matches or anything, but but yeah. it's still, it's very interesting to have seen something like that. I mean, there's so many cool things that surrounds Kamala, and I mean, you even have that that shoot um, that 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 thing that happened with backstage with uh with who was it Mean Gene? 
Oh, where you know? yeah, where yeah, the, the where he bloopers. missed where he missed all the tapings and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like there's so many you hear so many stories, you see so many stories, and then you think back to your childhood, uh, to some of the stories that you've had with uh, this wrestler, and it's really incredible. And it's just so unfortunate whenever uh, someone passes away, and you know, for Kamala, it's very unfortunate that. The pro wrestling world lost a lost a legend. Yeah, and apparently it was due to COVID nineteen. After everything he went through with the diabetes and everything, it's just absolutely unfortunate. Our condolences go out to his family and friends, and we'd like to pay tribute to James Harris Kamala with a ten bell salute. fans and welcome back ladies and gentlemen to a another edition of marking out pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans this is episode 497 and we thank you for listening to the only online listening experience that is in podcast form several ways that you can find us social media wise facebook.com slash marking out twitter.com slash marking out YouTube and Instagram.com slash MarkingOut11, and you can email us at MarkingOut1 at gmail.com. Find our merchandise at ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut, and you can find myself, Chris, uh, at ChrisWeenDog on Twitter, Dave, who will be here later, at DaveTheRave underscore MO, and our social media influencer, Brandon. You can follow him at BTTG161, and he's here. And how are you doing, Brandon? I am doing awesome as always. How about yourself? I am doing spectacular. How was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. It feels like a, a week ago that I already did stuff. Like, or not even. I mean, not not a, a week ago. It feels like a month ago. Like I made, uh, I grilled pineapple pizza the other uh, okay. last, last week, and, or, or this week, I should say. And uh, I burnt it, so it sucked. But like the top part was like spot on, so that was good. Grilled pineapple first? No, I don't want grilled pineapple. I just want like fresh pineapple. I don't want like canned pineapple pineapple or anything. No, I I mean it's good, but not on a pizza. I'd rather have just like the straight up normal pineapple. And I had green peppers. I pickled some onions and some lime juice. It was really good. The top part, at least, not the the crust. But I also grilled up zucchini and onions. But I don't. I think zucchini. I don't think I've ever done before on the grill, and I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. I seasoned it a lot, and for some reason, it just wasn't flavorful. And I don't know. Maybe I cooked it too long. I just. I, I'm not sure. So that was. Disappointing. I don't know. Um, 
zucchini for me is just boring. I mean, I'll make zoodles with it, which is good. But other than that, zucchini on the grill is, like, really, really boring. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I've had, like, really good grilled zucchini in the past, but it just wasn't. I mean, I really, maybe I did overcook it because it wasn't, I wanted, like, a snap to it still. And it was, it wasn't, I followed the instructions, quote unquote, as per a, a, a couple of YouTube videos. And it was just like floppy. I don't know. It was floppy. Yeah. But I also, <laughs> I had Chinese food for the first time in three months. So that was like, and like good Chinese food this time. It wasn't garbage. So it didn't leave me wanting uh, more. So that was good. Okay. Yeah. How about yourself? Awesome. What'd you do? Um, I, we got a little weekend getaway last weekend. I saw that. Uh, that was really did... cool. That, that place you stayed. Yeah. So, uh, Saturday, you know, me, the wife and the kids, we, uh, took a car trip, a car trip first, uh, on the way up, we stopped in Fishkill, New York at the Sloop Brewery. One of my, uh, favorite up and coming breweries in the Northeast region. There's uh, a, had some lunch, had a, there's a cracker What's barrel up? up over there. <laughs> oh, really? I believe well, we so. stopped the food. The food was great. They had like personal pizzas and That's sandwiches cool. and stuff like that. Um, so I had a great, really spicy pizza. Um, had a beer. And then we kept driving and we made our way up to Cairo, New York to a resort called the Little, the Littlest Big Houses or whatever it's called. Essentially, it's like social distancing camping or glamping, you know, glamorous camping at its finest. You have this, you know, maybe a hundred foot area. You get this like, essentially it's like a motorhome. But it's not moving anywhere. It's got air conditioning. It's got Wi-Fi. Um, you get like a deck with a barbecue and a fire pit. So we, you know, we did that for two uh, two nights. Um, you know, there was, we did some hiking. And Sunday we had the our friends of ours came, and we had a very classy drinking day. Like we woke up, we had light breakfast, then we did some hiking. We came back and we were making French seventy fives and mimosas and making like a baller. A, a baller like breakfast because when you go to this resort you get they give you six chicken eggs and four duck eggs when you come oh That's hey here's your stay here's some... interesting <laughs> so so we were grilling up uh you know we made like a potato hash and did like fried duck eggs over the top of it and you know tomato mozzarella salad and fruit and then you know drinking beers and then dinner we had outstanding mai tais and grilled steaks for dinner um and it was a lot of fun how did you uh, find time. this place? And we came back. Uh, my wife's friend went there, I think, back in May. And she's like, oh, my God, we have to go. We have to go. We have to go. So we picked out a, a weekend that was going to be good for us. And this past weekend worked out very well. So we went up. And it was great. It was it was good to, you know, get away. And we hit some farmer's markets on the way back. Um, pickled carrots. You ever oh, had those? Nice. Um, I've, yeah, I would say yes, definitely. But oh, Outstanding. Like, these are farm fresh they did like dill carrots. That's cool. And they were oh phenomenal, and especially like you know we we went we got a bunch of cucumbers from the markets and tomatoes, so I'm making like nice little salads with it. So like using the pickling juices, like the acidity in there, um, and it was great. A lot of fun, a uh, nice little weekend away, but you know it was cool that I still had Wi-Fi, so I was able to you know pay attention to baseball, even though the Cubs did not play last weekend because the Cardinals are the worst, but. <laughs> The Cubs are the best team in baseball right now, so huzzah to that. You see that one, guy, that one guy Which got one? Uh, ejected from uh, the stands? Uh, oh, I think uh, they were Steven playing. Strasburg. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was ejected funny. from City Field. That was funny. Yeah. 
the Mets would do that. Oh man, we're terrible, but well, uh, hey, here I you mean, go. He cursed. Yeah, but and when you're listen, the only audible there. thing, I mean, I don't know, but my but... Rachel's friends is a photographer for Newsday, and I think he was at that series of games. Oh, it must be nice. <laughs> well, hey, listen, yeah, you get get paid to be in City Field to be socially distant. It's like that. There's like only one place to watch baseball. Like if you're a fan, is those apartment buildings that overlook that one stadium? I forget which one it um, is. In San Diego, I think there is, and then there's also rooftop seating by Wrigley that you can. Oh, excuse me. But, watch, but can uh, you baseball. have? But, but do they they have rooftop seating now during social distancing? Yeah, because it's across the street. Oh, okay. Right. So there was what um, this was it Steven Souza Jr. on the Cubs threw a baseball to those rooftops uh, two days ago, say. So that was cool. And but you know uh, uh, the rumor has it that some teams might be getting fans back in the stands soon. So, I mean, there's concerts going on. Yeah, Sturgis. Yeah, that was a hot topic this week. Yeah. And trapped, uh, trapped, who were terrible, decided that they had to, uh, you know, augment their pictures to show a larger, a larger uh, group of people. But like America's, America's what... Got Talent has, yeah, Pro Wrestling Tees dot just marking out. America's Got Talent has fans watching now. Like they have like a virtual audience, which is a rumor that uh, WWE is going to have that a virtual wall. They're they're going to apparently be at the Amway okay. Center. Okay, well the NBA is doing it. The NBA has virtual fans. Yeah, they have they have a whole like virtual setup around the outside. I so like saw, people like I didn't I didn't realize they had virtual fans, but I saw their setup. I, I yeah, they're I the ones realize. that are doing it the best. Yeah, so I, maybe that's coming to WWE soon. I know I'm a hundred and ten percent not going to apply. I like to pay attention. I don't know how you could pay attention and watch it on a laptop or something. So yeah, from that far away too. Oh man. Well, I, I'm assuming maybe, you would get uh, the actual camera angles. You're not going to be on a laptop. You should. You're, you should be like getting the feed. What are they going to make these people pay like a hundred bucks to go in? I no, I I would assume it. No, no, you're not going in. You're, well, it's a good like to be virtually present. No, you just probably. I'm assuming it's just going to be like a queue or something. You sign up, and if you get chosen, you get chosen. That was a uh, Jeff Jarrett what? reference. <laughs> Stupid. Oh. But, uh, yeah, if you get chosen, because uh, America's Got Talent, you sign up for it. I could have signed up, and I chose not to, because I just, I, I think that's weird. You didn't want everybody to hear how great you are on spoons. <laughs> how, on spoons? What? What do you mean? I put... Yeah. Oh, no, I thought you were signing up for America's Got Talent. Yeah. Do you remember that time we almost started a jug band? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember that. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. Oh man. Oh, and I did. I got some T-shirts this week. Yeah. In the mail, uh, right after we recorded last week's show, I got my new, uh, well, my new old Iron Maiden Best of the B shirt. Got to give a big shout out to Will at Deep Cover NY. Follow him on Twitter at Deep Cover NY. He's got sick vintage stuff. He's got sick vintage wrestling stuff. Uh, you name it, he's got it. And he threw some uh, old wrestling magazines in for me. So. That was pretty dope. Nice, yeah. Um, my Zach, Ry- my, my Matt Cardona Strong Island AEW shirt came in the mail this week, which is cool. Um, and I did get some figures this week as well. Um, I got. I was on the way home, and I was like, "Oh, let me uh, stop at Target, see what's going on." Uh, in the wild, I found Matt Riddle Elite seventy eight. 
Is that the so that Yankee cool. pinstripes or? It's it's he's all white. Oh, he's an all white. Um, I it's just it's a cool figure. You know, the sandals are a great point to it, um, which is awesome. I got my Rick Rude figure. I spoke about that. Um, and me, and Brandon, well, my Brandon and myself both got our the new ringside exclusive Edge three in one figure of heads of Edge, Kurt Hawkins, and Zack Ryder. Um, with the figures just it's out, it's out, outstanding. Yeah, mine had glue all over it, but I was able to mine was, get it off mine with. Was freaking uh, yeah, must be nice. I was able to use the uh, the nail polish remover trick. So. Yeah, but it was uh yeah it was uh, it was great. It's a cool figure. Um, I should have bought four now because just to, like to just to do uh, pose them all together, and like a a, a ring, you know how. Well, you would have only needed stand in the middle, give the horns up. And they... You would have only needed the the three, though. No, I know, but I want to keep one uh, NLC, oh, brother. Box. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and still, uh, still no AEW figures around here. So, well, small, small amount available to the public equals high demand. Yep. Equals absolutely. more. Equals more ordering. Equals more series. Equals more people going to ringside collectibles and getting them since they don't have to hunt for them. Using the code MAJOR for 10% off. That's it. <laughs> Let's talk about wrestling now. And we'll start off with Impact. Yeah, Impact. another great week. Uh, Impact had a lot of technical difficulties. Kind of like, uh, I mean, technically we are having technical difficulties right now. I know you still are cutting in and out, but... Uh, is but it yeah, real bad? It's not terrible, but like, it's it's noticeable. Okay, but... well, uh, I apologize, I apologize, folks, and this is what happens. I mean, I could record my audio on a separate separate track if we want to do that. Uh, that's fine. Don't but uh, but yeah, Impact opens up with Willie Mack and Eric Young backstage fighting. They eventually make their way ringside. And Willie Mack suggests that their match from later on should be right then. And Eric Young walked off and he's like, it's on my time. And then Willie Mack chased after him. The brawl continues and it led right into the match where Eric Young picks up the victory over Willie Mack. Uh, And I don't know if we've ever discussed Willie Mack on this show in great detail, but he is so damn good. He is so good. And he's never got an opportunity i mean he was in lucha underground i know he's been with lucha vavoom um but he never really got that big opportunity because i think he was allegedly signed to wwe and they rescinded the contract if i'm not mistaken wasn't there like a health issue or is that not him maybe that is i don't know know. not too sure I, i watched this match three times not not on my like I wouldn't have watched it three times, but because of Impact's technical difficulties, they had this three times. So I watched it three times, and it, he was really good. Yeah, I know. Chocolate Caliente. It's great. And I'm, and I'm happy that after this, after like the, it was like after about an hour, they were finally able to get everything fixed. So finally able to see the next segment where the Good Brothers were walking backstage looking for Ace Austin and Madman Bolton, but randomly ran into your teacher. My teacher, Matt Stryker. Uh, very random appearance, but maybe he can do commentary there for the future. He's a producer, too. Is he? I didn't know he worked for Impact. Maybe he's a producer? Oh, maybe. Uh, okay. 
Yeah. Uh, next up, just going to group all the Wrestle House stuff together. I would like to uh, buy the theme song. I don't know if it's like a, a, an AE, uh, not an AEW, an Impact Wrestling produced theme song or not, but I like the theme song to Wrestle House, and it's it's uh, the, the concept is slowly growing on me. Uh, this episode, Taya made the house watch her greatest hits. Uh, you had Jake and Susie off getting ready for a date and then eventually on a date. And later on, Rosemary put a love spell on Larry D, which led him and AC, uh, to argue leading to a match where Larry D defeats AC Romero, uh, dedicating the win to Rosemary. You had Susie saying that Alicia's, uh, dating advice was bad and, that's and then I don't know like her demon, demonic side sort of came out a little bit because that's what led to uh, Jake to run off. But Susie ends up defeating Alicia. Crazy Steve was the referee here wearing uh, face paint. I like that, like referee stripe face paint. I thought that was cool. Uh, and then Taya tried to get everybody to go back and watch her matches, but Kylie said that everybody's tired. They want to go to sleep. Susie reminds Taya that Kylie is number one contender and Taya questions it. And then uh, Kylie got in the ring and wrestled or tried to challenge Taya and she made an excuse. So I'm assuming maybe next week or so we'll see. Maybe Kylie versus Taya or maybe not ever. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, never uh, know. After that, we saw Rhino get jumped by Reno Scum, and they took back the money that he had taken or won from Hernandez. I was hoping maybe maybe in the future we're going to see Heath back with Rhino. I don't know when that'll be. But, we'll see. Yeah. Matchup cool. next, we saw Jordan Grace defeat Kimberly. I'm sure you uh, enjoyed this one. Uh, another hard-hitting women's match. It was awesome. Um, and they announced that at Emergence, it's going to be, what did I say two weeks ago? Deanna Perrazzo versus Jordan Grace in a 30-minute Iron Man match. Yeah, first ever in I Impact said this history. So that's going to be something awesome to look forward to. Again, hard-hitting female action. We know we know how good Kimberly is. As she's had, you know, she's been very much on the intergender wrestling scene, which has become a huge topic in the past couple weeks. Um, we've seen her when she was the grand champion in Shikara. So, as, again, another great signing. Jordan Grace looks like a million bucks. Yeah, and it spawned and, yeah. from Kimberly pitching herself to take Jordan Grace out in exchange for a title shot for Deanna. Yeah. But uh, Jordan made her tap out. After this, we saw an episode of Locker Room Talk with Madison Rain. Is this like a new thing? Or? No, I think this was like, it's been a thing. Okay. But Heath, I almost said Slater. No Slater. It's just Heath was the sponsor of that show and uh, pitched himself for Impact. Hashtag sign Heath or something, or Heath for Impact or something. I thought I just thought it was funny. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really funny that uh, they're like, and now a word from our sponsors, and it's a 30-second ad of Heath <laughs> trying to get signed. I thought that was really funny. But RVD and Katie Forbes were the guests here, and it was just them making out and RVD putting Katie Forbes over, and then Sammy Callahan hacks in and teleports. Didn't know he had teleportation I, powers. 
Well, they're pulling this gimmick, this hacker gimmick, off in Impact like they didn't do. <laughs> he's in... go, he's like Ghost Rider, but like yeah. 2020. I, I thought it was, I loved it. I thought it was cool. I just I I'm not liking this RVD segment at all. I'm I'm fine with uh, with Sammy Callahan doing the hacker stuff, but I am not at all enjoying this RVD and Katie Forbes thing. RVD just seems tired, like does he doesn't want to be there it seems, so I don't know, it's it's just I don't know. I miss RVD. It this to me is an RVD. But well, Sammy Callahan next... tried to beat RVD up and and RVD and Katie Forbes put a stop to it. And they made but, out more. Yeah, and after this, we saw a backstage segment with the Rascals and Moose questioned where Wentz got his EC3 hoodie from and tried to make him take it off. And then Moose challenged suicide to a match next week because Trey was there wearing Suicide's mask. And then he gave it to Dez. Uh, and they were like, I don't, I don't want this. <laughs> I don't want it. Nope. So uh, next up, go on. you had a women's tag team no disqualification match as Hogan and Steels pick up the victory over Havoc and Nevaeh. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more weapons be used in this and more tag spots. They'll use overall, a freaking table. Yeah, but still, I, like you're giving me a no DQ match. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more weapons, but I thought this match was great. I really Again, enjoyed this. Solid, solid women's division. Yeah, and like you said, Havoc ended up going through that table for the victory. I would have assumed that Nevaeh and Havoc were going to be picking up that victory. But that wasn't the case. After this, the Good Brothers met up with Coach uh, Scott Demore backstage, and he was like, Ace and Madman aren't even in the building. And they were like, we're going to the ring until we get answers. And Scott was like, man, I'm getting real Hall and Nash vibes from them, which I popped for. Um, but that, they didn't even go to the ring just then, but, uh, Moose backstage walking EC3 video started playing on the wall. I like that. I, I did too. I thought that was really cool. And EC, EC3 said that he was going to, uh, in order to move on, he has to destroy Moose and then Moose got all paranoid. So it's going to be interesting to see where that leads to, um, but the next match was Dez versus suicide, which got cut off. By the Good Brothers. They took both of them out. That's very much so like Hall and Nash. They took the, the, the Rascals and Suicide out. And they called Austin, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton out. But like Scott said, they weren't there and they appeared via video. And they said, we'll see you night one at Emergence, which is next week. Perfect. Good. Yeah. Gets them in the ring. Gets them in the ring. Uh, and then you had your main event of the evening. And Eddie Edwards, open challenge for the Impact World Championship. And it turned out, as Bra- as uh, Brandon wanted last week, being the debuting, or the most professional, returning sure. the most professional wrestler in the world today, Brian Myers. Yeah. Cutting uh, out, cutting a great promo. Yeah. Eddie, um, Eddie liked- Edwards called out ahead, Eric sorry. Young and got Brian Myers. It's still cool, I, I like still great, awesome match. And it, you know what's really uh, interesting here? Josh Matthews putting over Brian Myers big time, mentioning that he's a former TNA Tag Team Champion with Trevor Lee. 
Also dropping that he's a former WWE Tag Team Champion with Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona gets a mention on Impact, and uh, which I really I do hate when companies mention accolades from other companies. But I, I like how could I not pop for that? <laughs> no, absolutely not. It was great, and it's really cool to hear two different companies putting over the major wrestling figure podcast because we had it on AEW has- and we now have it on Impact. So that's cool. Yeah, as they should, as they should. But awesome main event match. Eddie Edwards wins with the the, uh, the Boston Knee Party. Um, and yeah, now where does Brian Myers go from here? Is the question. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Should be interesting I, to see. I don't know. Next week, give him a squash. You know, really put him over. Give him some more mic time because his mic, his mic, mic work is fantastic. And as I said, I think I said, give him the put him in the X division. They're not doing anything with the X division. Well, I mean, right? I mean, they kind of are though. Since Although it's kind, kind of, of like restart. A, it's, uh, I, well, it's a well, yeah, no, but well, okay. So they had the the Dez versus um, Suicide was billed as an X division match. However, that True. gets cut off by the Good Brothers. Yeah. And they also had a backstage segment with the champion, Chris Bay. But it was Rohit talking to him about TJP and Falaba. Yeah. And he was saying how he should give both him and TJP the title shot. So it would be a triple threat and you'd have more odds. It'd be like more like a handicap match. Okay. So they are kind of doing stuff with the X Division. But I understand where if you were to watch from Slammiversary to now... You had the one rematch that they had on the first night. Chris Bay versus Willie Mack. God, they made their whole company based around the X Division. And now they're only giving them like two minutes in each each show. That's ridiculous. So. (laughs) If if Myers can go. No, no, I said so. But yeah, if Brian Myers could go to the X Division and do stuff there, I don't really see that happening though because Chris Bay is—they're currently doing that with Chris Bay, so. So we'll see. But another solid week of Impact Wrestling. Yeah, we should us... I guess move back in time and go back go to Monday for the the women's tag team tournament for AEW. That's right. Uh, just to note, I guess, Big and Lil Swole, who is uh, Nicole Savoy, uh, defeated Rache, Chanel, and Leva Bates. I was hoping for uh, another surprise team, but it was just two people that, one signed by AEW and one is who we've seen work there already. Um, so it's really cool to see Nicole Savoy. Um, I'm happy that she's in these matches i don't necessarily think she's signed with aew but she was uh in a tag team with with big swole on the independent so it's cool to see them reunite uh and then something i believe we said on the podcast the online listening experience prior is uh ivalice and diamante would probably end up yes you said it so they teamed up to defeat Dasha, who I was shocked that she was going to be in this. Um, because I thought for sure her last match prior to this would have been 2015 in NXT. But apparently she had one other match last year against uh, Renee Michelle. 
What in uh? It was just an annex- independent Fed. No. Okay. Just in, yeah, because I I don't know when Dash has been gone for I think maybe two years now. From WWE, Rachel Ellering was also in the match. I don't know if she's signed to AEW or not, but she can only help that division. And she was on Dark this week, facing off against Penelope Ford. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dasha, I was very surprised that she was even picked for this. I thought she had a career-ending injury, so I'm happy that's not the case. Uh, so it was really cool to see her. But I I just assume the the finals will be the Nightmare Sisters versus Ivelisse and Diamante. Um, but the, the announced that the, the, the actual tournament's going to be on Dynamite this week. Next week. Yeah. So that's good. Well, I, well, is that the finals or is it the quarterfinals? They say the or finals, the so I don't know if it's going to be two matches or what. I, or, yeah, I'm not sure either. I, or maybe it'll be like this week on Dynamite will be the semifinals, and then I don't know how this stuff works. I'm, I don't, I don't really understand semifinals and quarterfinals, especially when there's only eight teams. So, yeah. But uh, AEW. They kick off the show. They showcased having fans this week, which is weird because I'm pretty sure they've been having fans there. But I guess. Well, I feel like no, but like, but here's here's my thing with that, is that you know AEW gets so much flack for everything, every single little thing that AEW does wrong, gets put under a microscope by the internet wrestling community. So I feel like they're trying to show everybody. Hey, that's why, like, that, it was, like, it was really awkward. It's like, yep, we got fans here. Yep, we're playing by the rules. So, like, they kind of have to showcase that because they know that, you know, in five minutes, you know, NXT stand is going to go on social media and be like, oh, AEW is not following the rules. This, that, and the other thing, blah, 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 blah. Even though WWE does everything But right. in the same sense, it's, uh, huh. it's like the people who go say that they're not fans and they know people there, so... I, yeah. To me, well, I think I it's just, on... it's stupid. I, I think it's stupid. Why put people at risk like that? I, it just doesn't make but, sense. And then, the, like we said but, earlier, but, with, with Smash Mouth and Fozzie at, at Sturgis in South Dakota. And, but there's also there's also indie wrestling going on right now, too. Yeah, I saw a majority, of, a majority of the indie wrestling that I've seen, people have been wearing masks. A lot of them have not been socially distancing, and that makes no sense at all. Yeah. At all. I don't but, understand. But a majority I, uh, of the, the AEW fans were at least wearing masks. Um, some of them you could see not wearing them properly. But, uh, I mean, you could still go to our YouTube channel, Marking Out 11 on YouTube, and uh, give a like ski to the important PSA videos that we have. Yeah, or don't, and or give nut likes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, you started off the show with the Young Bucks picking up the victory over the Dark Order. Um, you had the Dark Order come out, and then the, the you know uh, Nick Jackson uh, gets a roll up for the win. Yeah, I like Dark Order attacking them from the start, and I like the other members actually. I like how they watch over the matches. I love it. I think out of all the things that AEW is doing, I think they're booking the Dark Order 
like right like very very right and it's, it's funny really awesome it's funny because like when when AEW started and you had the debut of the dark order it's like but like who were they and you were complaining about storylines and this that and the other thing. yeah and now and then, this stuff is finally coming into fruition and then as it progressed it's like oh i like the dark order and then it's like oh here's Brody lee as a parody of mr mcmahon mr mcmahon it's like oh i absolutely hate this but now I think they're. Uh, I, I think Dark Order is one of my favorite things in AEW, especially because we get to see showcase talent like John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Yeah, they're doing. They've been. They've been doing. They've been uh, doing awesome. Uh, after this, we saw MJF walking backstage. I got to mention this because they did a security guard entrance, which I thought was funny because MJF was an extra. For WWE, when uh, Samoa Joe is making his entrance for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2, and it was the same exact thing where he's walking backstage and pushes a security guard. He was the one that was pushed. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought Um, it was great. It was really well done. But it leads to him in the ring basically talking about Moxley. Moxley's music hit. MJF sent everybody into the stands because that's where Moxley normally comes from. He came from the entranceway, took out MJF, and now Smart Mark Sterling is trying to get a petition going to uh, ban the paradigm shift. <laughs> it's already it's already uh, gained all of its uh, signatures that it needs. Oh wow! So uh, Tony Khan might have to seriously take a look at that. Yeah. What uh, I forget? What was that backstage? It will, it will, once we get to it, we'll get get to it. Um, so next up, you have a backstage interview with Matt ha- Hardy and Matthew Hardy and Alex Marvez talking about uh, Sammy Guevara and last week, uh, you know, being a dangerous, uh, dangerous wrestler. Yeah, he's not cleared for uh, ten days, which just happens to be Saturday. But uh, yeah. he, he promised to oh, end Sammy, and it's like, Sam- picking. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm talking about MJF. It's picking up on the sheets. MJF's attorney starts petition to ban John Moxley's finisher from oh AEW. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, the Salt of the Earth released a statement from his quote-unquote attorney, Mark Sterling. His legal representation has started a position on change to ban Moxley's paradigm shift uh, from his move set while facing his client. Um. My client believes that the vision of wrestling fans, blah, blah, this, that, and the other thing. Smart Mark getting himself more over than he, he has. You could check out the petition here. Let's see. Uh, it's got, it's just under, it needs 2,500 uh, signatures, and it's at 2,400 signatures. Hmm. So, yeah. So, back to uh Yeah, back so to Matt, Matt, Hardy. Matt Hardy... Said he's going to end Sammy Guevara and then attacked Mike Posey because he thought it was Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Cody defending the new TNT championship, which I have to say. I what are your thoughts? I think I like the old one better, which is bizarre. Really? Uh, yeah, this one just looks like a fireman gimmick. I don't know. This looks weird to me. Um, but yeah, Cody defeats Scorpio Sky to retain the TNT Championship. Mike Kyoto was the referee for this match, which I popped for. I don't know if he's going to be signed with AEW, but they seriously need a senior is. official like that. That's awesome. I hope he is. Um, they definitely 110% need 110% need Mike Kyoto there. Um, 
But also, I didn't know if MJF signs were around the ring from the start of the show. But I, I think noticed they were from this match on. I noticed it, and I thought it was funny because of the history that he has with Cody. But um, yeah. okay, so I like Scorpio Sky in singles actions in single action. Um, and I liked his match Singles with, action. Yeah, and I like his match with uh, Jericho for the AEW Championship last year. But for me, this one just lacked. I was looking forward to this match the most, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't know, something just for me wasn't there. I don't know, how, how did you feel about this match? I liked it. I liked Scorpio Sky's entrance. Yeah, you know, because but... you think he's, you know, something's going on backstage. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed the match. I like these open challenges, whatever you want to call them. Um, I liked post match though. Cody, with Cody, by Mr. the way, Brody won with Lee. a uh, a four count. <laughs> let's not get onto. Let's not get onto ridiculing the referees. In that, AEW dude, right it now. has to be a gimmick in AEW where Mike Kyoto comes in and also screws up. Come on, it has to be their gimmick. There's no way. Post-match, Mr. Brody Lee appears on the screen uh, and says that on the Saturday, August 22nd edition of Dynamite, he's taken the gold and his time is up. I think this is great. Um, I, I like you know, this. I wanted, I wanted... So do I. And he had the old title with him still. And he's like, when I win the new title, I'll give you this one as like a, a, a remembering thing or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, after this, no. we saw Kenny Omega and Adam Page. I almost said Kenny Page. Uh, just you said that last week, too. Did I? <laughs> yeah, you almost said that last week, too. That's funny. So Kenny Page and Adam Omega defeated the Jurassic Express <laughs> to retain the Tag Team Championships. Uh, they randomly yeah, showed I'm... Kazarian sitting by himself, which is weird. I don't know yeah, why they I'm... did that, but. Maybe they're just trying to throw, like, different curveballs at you. Oh, hey, guess what? This person's going to be in the Four Horsemen stable. This person's going to be in the Four Horsemen stable. You know? That's a Sue's going to front the Four Horsemen stable. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this, again, this match to me was all over the place. Yeah, I, but that's a, I feel like that's the yeah. Kenny Omega, Adam Page dynamic. Yeah, and it ends with so. a springboard clothesline V-trigger combo from the team of... Adam Omega and Kenny Page. Uh, after <laughs> after this, we saw Proud and Powerful backstage with the best friend's gear, tearing it apart in the showers. Kind of disrespectful. Extremely disrespectful. These hooligans. <laughs> yeah, how dare they? How dare you, pal? Uh, but up next was the big <laughs> next up the big tag team appreciation night segment uh, where they had throughout the night they had people naming their favorite tag teams. Um, well, tag teams naming their favorite tag teams, uh, where Jeff Hardy made an appearance on uh, Impact, uh, not Impact, AEW Dynamite this week. Um, but FTR was in the segment with the Young Bucks, Rock and Roll Express, as well as the Brain Busters. Young Bucks thank Rock and Roll Express, and FTR thank uh, the Brain Busters. Uh, Rock and Roll Express put FTR over big time. They put the Bucks over even more. Then Tully... Big time healing over here said that neither team is champion, so they should shut up and stop celebrating. And then turned his attention to Arn Anderson and questioned the Nightmare family. Sean Spears comes out 
Ricky Morton pops Tully in the face. And they the Young Bucks go up. They separate everything. Rock and Roll Express is left in the ring with FTR. FTR hit uh, Ricky Morton with the uh, the pile driver. I thought yeah. that was... I, was, I marked serious out Serious heat. Yeah, big time. I thought this was great. And then uh, Adam Omega and Kenny Page ran down. And uh, I assume maybe this will lead to a tag team title match between the two of them. Hopefully. Who, FTR and... And well, Pedro I'm assuming... Megan, yeah, get those titles off of them. Yeah, honestly, get the... Uh, I'm, I've been over them for a while. Um, it's either going to be a Kenny Omega heel turn. And... I I'm, uh, They have to... I feel like a lot of people are saying it, too, that Kenny Omega isn't the Kenny Omega that he was in New Japan. He's the DDT Pro version of Kenny Omega. Um, and he's not the face of a franchise... Or face of the franchise, we know this. So they're not booking. They gotta do something. They gotta get him at. Oh my god, they're not booking him properly. They're not. Uh, anyway. A lot of these people aren't being booked properly, but that's because they have yeah. a two-hour show to build storylines. Yeah, but even still, if look roster. at the people that you they're pushing. You can't really build. You you can't build on dark because all dark is is just street wrestling matches with like a right. sprinkle like maybe like what are two flakes and you can't assume you can't assume that everybody is watching AEW dark which is why I, I said the thing that I said the other week you can't assume people are watching the women's tag team tournament i know i know next yeah. up Hikaru Shida picks up a victory over Heather Monroe i like and the uh, the counter the the falcon when uh Hikaru Shida was going to hit the falcon arrow Heather Monroe rolled through for a pin, I thought that was cool. Um, but even I cooler, would have liked it if she rolled through for the win. Well, I don't really want to see the champion lose. But why? I don't know. I mean, because is Heather Monroe even signed to AEW? I know, but I it would be a cool storyline so. going forward. You know, like everyone's complaining over the past two weeks. Oh, they're not spotlighting their women, this, that, and the other thing. I would this assume, would have been something I, really cool that would have gotten people talking about the women's division. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hikaru Shida last week. They're like, oh, terrible booking. God, I can't even book a champion right. Nothing and nothing AEW does is good to anybody. Uh, that's, 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 the, that's the issue. Shut up and watch wrestling. But uh, If you don't like it, don't watch it. Hikaru Shida ended up winning the match with a, a modified stretch muffler, which kind of reminded me of uh, Bull Nakano and Paige's Scorpion Lock, which I thought was... I really liked the the stretch muffler she did. I thought it was cool. So, but, Bull Nakano uh, now owns a bar. Say that again? In Japan somewhere. I she, said Bull Nakano... What? She owns a bar? Yeah, she owns a bar in Japan now. Hmm. I There was a picture of her recently, I think, with Asuka a, while, a, a couple of years or so back, and she looks like a... You know, you always see Bull Nakano with the hair right up. Yeah. Yeah, so awesome. after Lunch Brace, SummerSlam, great. After this, we saw Jake Roberts and Lance Archer backstage. Uh, a random dude bumps into Lance Archer, and he just starts beating him up while Jake spoke. And then Lance Archer ripped off Jake Roberts' shirt to reveal his back, say everybody dies. Because they do? Which is weird. Well, that's uh, that... Lance Archer's gimmick. Yeah, I did not know that, and quite frankly, almost forgot Lance Archer was employed by AEW. <laughs> this is too many people for a two-hour show. Yeah. Main event, though, we saw Orange Cassidy defeat Chris Jericho. 
Uh, earlier in the night, Chris Jericho asked Mike Chioda to referee his match and say, I know you'll do the right thing. <laughs> um, so this match, it was weird because I saw a lot of people saying that they this match fell short for them. Um, but for like I could see where they're coming from with that. But I liked spots here and there. So did like, I. Like when Orange Cassidy was doing his gimmick chops to Chris Jericho and, and Jericho got pissed. And went to punch him only to have Cassidy duck it and hit the super kick. A nice super kick, by the way. And it's like not an overused thing. Um, I liked that. And then I liked the everything that led to the ending where Chris Jericho went to go use his bat and told Kyoto like, to do the right thing and turn away. And it, it looked like he was going to do that. But he ends up taking the, the bat away from Chris Jericho. I thought that was cool. But then it gets a little goofy. Where Kyoto turns all his attention to proud and powerful fighting with the best friends on the stage, which was such a random thing to have. It's such a wrestling thing to happen in a match like this. Yeah, because it kind it, of like you know, kind of project it protects Jericho too. Right. Yeah, a hundred percent. But again, it's like one of those things where I don't think there. I just don't think the referee's focus needed to go away from the the match. But I understand, obviously, in a wrestling match, booking wise, in this specific match. That's how, like, every time a distraction happens ringside, it it more than likely is referee looking stupid and not paying attention to the match. Well, now this could be the whole thing where Jericho's like, oh, it's Kyoto's fault, this, that, and the other thing. And maybe this sets up the third match it all out. Yeah, so Jake Hager got in the ring, took Orange Cassidy out, and uh, Cassidy still got his shoulder up. And again, the ending was a bit goofy, but I enjoyed the match for the most part. I don't think a lot of people, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll say I enjoyed the match for the most part. But yeah, that's that's AEW. That's gonna be uh, dynamite next week, like we said, Saturday night, an hour start before NXT Takeover Thirty. So because uh, they're it all going to both going head to head. Yeah, eventually will. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I believe they've announced a bunch of matches for it, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they probably did. I don't have anything pulled up. Oh, so. they had the, the TNT Championship match, which will probably be your main event. I want to see Brody Lee standing in the middle. Mr. Brody Lee, excuse me. Standing in the middle of the ring with all the Dark Order around him, doing the hand gimmick, and him having the title in his hand. I think that would be huge. And if and you know what they say, you want to put some buttons butts in the seats. That's a smart thing to do. I uh, see. Brody Lee needs this win. Yeah. Oh my God. More than one hundred and ten percent needs this win. Uh. So I. But it's also like I can't see Cody losing the title just yet. Why? I just then you get full I behind can't. the dark. Well, because it's, it's such a new everything. it's such a new title still. But but yes, one hundred and ten percent. I would like to see Brody Lee win the match. Maybe he wins awesome. by like DQ or something. Maybe it's not like a a straight shot where it leads to all out. That that's like yeah. A dusty the dark... <laughs> I think it is a dusty finish. Like that would make more so... sense, I think, to to extend the storyline rather than just have it be like a random open challenge match. Have it make make I... it mean more. Yeah, a little bit. And then, but then you'll have this four horsemen involvement, and then you have the elite, and you know all these things are kind of really like intertwined. I think this is the best storyline going on right now in AEW is the Dark Order. 
Yeah. Multiple segments. Oh, then you have uh, you have the Elite versus uh, oh, yeah, the versus Dark Alex. Order next week. Yeah, Alex Johnny. Alex Johnny and, and uh, what Angles. the other guy? The one that I really like. Angels. Angles. Angel, five? Angel, whatever. Yeah, Alan Angels. Yeah, let's just call him five. Alan, yeah, there it is. He's great. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and Johnny and Alex I hope, too. I hope they win. <laughs> I hope they uh, – listen, I think I'm on, we're, we're, on the, we're on the same boat for something. Yeah, I would so. like 100% if Dark Order had a, uh, a $50 thing to join every <laughs> yearly thing to join Dark Order. <laughs> Maybe i sign that. up. <laughs> but, like, that's like – listen, I, I – <laughs> And, I it, and like it comes with a like, Dark Order mask? That'd be dope. I don't know, maybe uh, not fifty dollars so worth, but you pay ten bucks a month for the W <laughs> for these, these marks out here that are like pooping all over like AW heels. You pay ten dollars a month to have the network to then go on the internet and complain and 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 judge every single thing that you watch on it, every pay per view. Yeah, but but here's the thing about the about, WWE Network but, though: you you get the back catalog with stuff that they did enjoy. I, I know, but then, like, every other month, it's canceled WWE Network. I'm faking canceling my WWE subscription yeah. because I actually love it. I, I always like, thought you're that paying was 50 bucks, so you're, you're complaining about $50 a month for, you know, for an inclusive women's community where you get, like, classes and programs and meet and greets. And, like, there's, there's incentive stuff. That goes through it, but nobody's looking at that. They just it's, look at the price point. I don't think it's fifty dollars worth of an incentive, but if you're it, it, whatever, if people are going to pay, their yeah, that's fine. I don't. It doesn't affect me. I'm not a woman. I'm not allowed to join. So whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Well, you could be Brandina and uh, yeah, Brandina. Join. I wear I wear a WrestleMania sash. a pink mask. <laughs> I wear a WrestleMania sash. Oh, thank you, thank you so much for having me here. Oh All right, goodness. so that's going to be uh, the AEW talk. I'm going to take a step away, and we're going to say hi to Dave. Dave, hey. Hey, Chris. How's it going, Brandon? <laughs> How's it going with what? you? you you've, uh, you're you just joining us with a perfect segue, great segue, I would say. How was, uh, how doing, was your week? I'm doing well. My week was really good. Um, I totally – I have to share this right now, but I totally marked out during – Spoiler, spoiler, uh, for Umbrella Academy, spoiler. Minor spoiler if you're a Mark. Um, fast forward like 10 seconds. But to see Kurgan on uh, Umbrella Academy, I thought that was amazing. And I always mark out for seeing him just appear in these random ep- uh, TV shows or movies where they just need like a huge, gigantic monster character. And he always steps into there. Yeah. So I'm just saying... I marked out for that, but Umbrella Academy, everybody should check out. Um, you have not seen any of it, right? No, not yet. Yeah, you got to get on my Netflix, my Netflix queue. I recently watched An American Pickle on HBO. <laughs> HBO oh, Max really? starring uh, Seth Rogen as himself, uh, not as himself, as a great-grandfather and a grand- and a, grands- a great-grandson. You told me about that the other day. Yeah. Yes. Very cool, very cool. Well, let's talk – you spoke about your week. Now we spoke about a little bit about my week. We heard from Chris. But let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which uh, they did have a, a bumper for Kamala, so that was awesome to see. Um, yeah. But it opens up with the Seth Rollins and Dominic contract signing. 
Uh, uh, also, Dominic has mode. a new theme. Has a theme song. So it's like maybe it'll be a long-term thing. I can't – so this was a slow opening for me. I had no interest in it. I don't know. I, I didn't know. care. I don't know. I, I just don't care about Dominic. Sorry, Dominic. Uh, I just don't care. And the fact that he has a, a theme song, I, it kind of makes me feel like, dang, I hope that he's not around for too long. Before SmackDown, <laughs> I would say uh, Seth Rollins versus Dominic would be a like a major selling point of SummerSlam. Really? A hundred percent. I'm very interested in this match. I don't know. Maybe it's better for me because, um, all right, so why are you looking forward to it? What are you expecting? I, I, well, I, I mean, like, Seth, Rollins, you Seth Rollins made this a, uh, a no DQ match. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know what we're going to be getting from this, but, um, I, well, I feel like we should speak about the next segment. All right, well, because, before you say anything... I'm not have I don't really have big expectations for Dominic. Dominic's so already if, tied in with SummerSlam, so he's got SummerSlam history to it. <laughs> so that's why I think it's I think it's cool so far. That's that's very true, but I don't really have an expectation level for Dominic. I think it's going to be pretty crummy. So on the plus side, I could be pleasantly surprised. That's right. You have so, a low bar. Maybe you get some. Uh, yeah, some... I may I. After on the on marking out, I may be ranting about how great it was. Yeah, so, so. That, that leads into the next match where Seth Rollins ends up defeating Humberto Carrillo. Uh, Buddy Murphy did get involved, but Dominic took him out with a kendo stick, and he was enough of a distraction uh, for for Rollins to get the win there. But Murphy ends up jumping Dominic afterwards, and Rollins joins in. Dominic, though, has a huge comeback. Doesn't last long. Rollins then takes that kendo stick and uses it on Dominic. And Buddy Murphy uses it on Dominic. And they beat the ever-loving hell out of him. This was one of the most brutal of brutal attacks we have ever seen. I think this might be the absolute worst kendo stick attack we have ever seen. Ever. It was brutal. You have Dominic, and then you have Tommy Dreamer and Sandman. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've seen pretty nasty kendo stick shots during uh, WTW days. Shots. Maybe one or two, but there is not. There is no way in hell any of you guys ever looked (laughs) the way Dominic looked. No. After that no. attack. I was like, hey kid, you gotta pay your dues. You got you sign up two weeks before SummerSlam here, your dues. That's, and then he, that's he paid him. Sure. He paid them. That is for sure. I thought that I was mean, incredible. I I was I marked out for that. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh after that, Zelina Vega spoke about Montez Ford being poisoned, and she basically said she's innocent. And promised that Andrade and Angel Garza will win the championships at SummerSlam. Um, this led into Which... Angelo Dawkins. Do you want to say something? No, no, no. Keep it going. Angelo Dawkins defeats Andrade. Um, what puzzles me is, like, yes, they have a match against uh, Andrade and and Garza at SummerSlam. But how can Bel Air and Angelo Dawkins not assume it was Retribution who poisoned Montez Ford? 
I think it's just because of the feud right now. Even more but so, overall, the lights flicker. They go out during Dawkins' entrance. Hello? I know. And one of the things, so like, uh, do you have anything else to say about that specific Dawkins match or no? Uh, I mean, just like the rest was Zelina distracting the referee and Belair ran out to, to get her off the apron, which led into the next match. But Yeah, Bianca Belair picked up the victory over Zelina Vega. And I was very much so looking forward to this match specifically. I mean, especially it was being advertised and everything. And we've both been watching Zelina Vega for a very long time. They did stuff so, on Twitch. I don't know if you saw that or not. I think you did. On Zelina Vega's not... Twitch stream, mm-hmm. Bianca Belair attacked her oh, in I... Zelina's own house. I thought that, it, what was it on, the bump? No, it was on her Twitch stream. Oh, it was just on her Twitch. I just know, uh, who was there, Charlie? Oh, uh, yeah, Charlie who Caruso. Was... No, um, it was, um, Kayla Braxton was on. Uh, was a guest on her Twitch. For some reason, I always, I call every backstage person Charlie and assume <laughs> that is Charlie. I think that's the only name that I just remember. Well, you'll get it. It's one of you got a one of a thirty-three and a third percent chance. <laughs> Thanks, Sid. I uh, said, no, that's not Sid. That's Scott. It's not. It's, right? Yeah, it's Scotty. Yeah, it's Scott. Um, but yeah, but with this, I was looking forward to this. But what I liked a lot was Zelina Vega during the entire match was just pretty much yelling her innocence, saying that she didn't poison, uh, um, Ford, and like you said, retribution possibly. I mean, they have to have some sort of a tag team in there. Yeah, and Bianca Belair was interviewed afterwards and asked about the evidence she has that Zelina was, in fact, the one that poisoned Montez Ford, and she just yelled about Zelina, so there's literally no even, evidence. Even more reason why we should, uh, shouldn't should be thinking that it's Vega in them. It's great. Yeah. I think it's a fun storyline. Yeah. Also, uh, it's uh, always great to see Zelina Vega wrestling, but I think her matches are rare and too far in between. I totally agree. She's definitely a pro wrestler that can carry the title if uh, provided the opportunity. Up next, the VIP lounge, (laughs) where MVP uh, ended up blaming the lights last week for his loss. And he blamed the lights on Apollo Crews. And Crews came out said that the only lights going out at SummerSlam will be MVP's lights. And then he tossed the couch out of the ring, and I thought it was a good promo from him. Nah. I, I don't know. Um, they, I, they didn't mention the Hurt Business cleaning out at Raw Underground last week, which I thought was weird. Yeah, yeah, you had them just taking everybody to town, and there was no mention of it. But, but they had Shelton like- Benjamin defeat Apollo Crews. Uh, Bobby Lashley tripped Apollo Crews and Shelton took advantage of that. After the match, Lashley went to lock Apollo in the master lock, but MVP stopped him so he's healthy and there are no excuses at SummerSlam. And then uh, Apollo Crews kicked him and left the ring. Yeah, and the sell was great for MVP. Um, and Apollo Crews, like you said, he's just he was able to escape just in time. Yeah. Um, ne- Next up, you had Retribution. Um, <laughs> they they threw a cinder block through the window of the Performance the Center, and center. then they, they threw it again. Another one through the already broken glass. Yeah, for... I mean, I would expect them to have more security. 
Well, they but, they did, I think, beef up security, but for some reason that just uh, just still happened. One, but retribution, just like not that one entrance. <laughs> yeah, I, and I said last week, retribution on Raw sucks. Retribution on Raw sucks. Mm-hmm. After this, though, Mickey James made her return to Monday Night Raw with a backstage interview. She said, uh, or they said that she had an announcement to make, but Natty and Lana cut Mickey James off. I Natty thought that she up, was going to make the announcement next week. Oh, I thought, I don't know. I thought it was for this, like, I thought she was going to make an announcement. Why Why have her return to announce she has an announcement? I, I feel like, for some reason, I feel like they announced, they were announcing that she has an announcement. I feel That's like. Weird. But she was interrupted by Lana and Natalia, and it seems like they're doing, like, this uh, Valley Girl stuff together. Yeah, and Natty went over how she's I, the most winning woman in WWE, and they left. I'm not a fan of them together. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just Natalia for me doesn't really do it. But I don't know. Next week they're going to be wrestling though. Mickey James and Natalia. Oh, are so they? we'll see what happens. Where did you I get believe that so. <laughs> I think um, during that during that segment, right at the end, I think Mickey James said, "I'll see you next week." Uh, or something in regards to seeing her next week. So I believe they were setting that match up. More more uh, backstage after this where that chick from The Bachelor from last week was now there talking to Ivar. And mm-hmm. Eric, Cedric, and uh, Ricochet also were there. And they did the whole, oh, you're cute and you're not gimmick. I what. Why I don't get that gimmick. I, I well, first of all, I don't understand <laughs> inside joke with. No, it. the gimmick is funny. I think that's funny. What I don't get I, is where I, why I, is the bachelor I, chick there? That I don't know, but I do think it, I do agree. It's very funny, but there has to be some sort of a story behind it. Like I don't understand. Somebody must have said something to someone backstage <laughs> or sometime where this is just something that carried over. Um, yeah. <laughs> But very funny. Uh, next up, you had Viking Raiders with Two Fly Crew picking up the victory over Tozawa and his ninjas. Yeah, it was a uh, quick match, but one of I the ninjas. Like the, one I kind of, of like nin- that shirt. Say that again. I kind of like the shirt that they had. Um, what is it? Fly. The street. Oh, the, the street Raiders. Yeah. Viking, the Viking Prophets. Prophets. Yeah, Viking Prophets. Yeah, I kind of like that shirt. That's a cool shirt. Yeah, so this was a quick match, and afterwards was the uh, the bigger picture as one of the ninjas pinned Akira Tozawa for the 24-7 championship, which was revealed to be R-Truth. He probably has the most championship reigns in WWE history now, or still. It's funny. I'm, like, wondering if there's anybody on Twitter, or just in general, that, that dislikes R-Truth. And it's 24-7 championship gimmick. I think that is hilarious. Um, and how does this... This is going to go down for in history as him having multiple championship reigns. Yeah. You know? It's I mean, going to be weird. Like, imagine, like, 50 years down the line when our children's children's children are looking into record books and they children's, see... children's children's children's. How old do you think 50 years from now is? That's true. But but it's going to be weird in record books, you know, where these kids are going to be looking 
online, I would assume, or in virtual reality or something, they're going to be looking at the record books and seeing that R-Truth <laughs> has the most championship victories in the entire WWE. And they're going to be like, whoa, this guy was probably like the Bruno San Martino of the WWE during that time. Like, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of a funny th- thought when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's – yeah. Yeah, but uh, after that, we had Drew McIntyre in a uh, backstage interview, but like from what I got out of this was basically Drew uh, saying that he would consider Kevin Owens as an opponent if Kevin Owens defeated Randy Orton without actually saying that. Not sure if he actually said that or not, like the actual, if I took that wrong um, I missed it. I'm not uh, too sure. The matchup after that, we saw Peyton Royce defeat Liv Morgan. Um, this, I mean, I don't know. I liked, I liked the promo beforehand by the Iconics. Yes, I always love their promos and stuff, but I don't understand what they're doing with Liv Morgan. And I feel like, like even in our, during this, they were kind of showing that Liv Morgan and Ruby Wright still aren't on the same page. Yeah, well, which is like a rand, which is random. And what's weird? What's weird? Billy Kay and Ruby Riot got involved, which distracted Liv Morgan and Peyton Royce. Hit that really nice spinning uh, fisherman suplex again to win. I thought we were going to see Liv Morgan snap on Ruby Riot. I was expecting that as well, but now are they trying to? Like, I feel like they're trying. They maybe, if anything, they're going to do this as a heel turn for Liv, but. It wasn't really necessary to do a heel turn for Liv because she could have done that on her own. And yeah, I feel I like know. if she does heel if she does heel turn and attack Ruby Riot, I don't think it's gonna change anything unless you change her give change her gimmick. I, I um, did did dislike that this was only two minutes though. This, I this should I'm have been way too. longer. Should have been way longer was, than two minutes. Yeah, I was surprised. But next up you had Raw Underground. Uh, Shane McMahon introducing it, and Riddick Moss and Cal Bloom going at it. They were they ended up brawling on the outside of the ring, came back inside the ring, and Riddick Moss picking up the victory. Um, Riddick Moss dressed was... like Luke Harper, dressed like Jimmy Wang Yang. <laughs> Cal Bloom, the I, son of uh, Bo Beverly of the Beverly Brothers. Yeah, Riddick Moss didn't impress me at all. His his wrestling moves weren't that great. Uh, when he was in there with Cal Bloom, well, Cal they were Bloom, both they were both uh, they were both football stars, not uh, not wrestlers to begin with, I believe. Ah, uh, true. That's very true. That's very I true. I believe they both played college ball. Mm-hmm. That's very true. But yeah, after that, but... we saw Oscar defeat Bailey, which I thought was a, a really good match. Uh, Sasha Banks distracted and attacked Oscar behind the referee's back. Um. I thought it was great when Bailey went to go mock Kyrie Sane. She mm-hmm. went for like the sliding D and Asuka caught her in the Asuka lock. Yeah. I thought that was great. So that sets up Asuka versus uh, Sasha Banks at SummerSlam for the championship. Uh, then we cut to more Raw Underground where Arturo Ruas defeated somebody who didn't get their name announced. He got tossed around. They like had, uh, and he, I believe Ruas is a uh, a jujitsu background. Yeah, I for I forgot if he's UFC or um, MMA, uh, some sort of uh, I think Brazilian it's jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu. I, I forgot. Think. But yeah, he also you had uh, Dabakato defeat 
another unnamed guy. Mm-hmm. And then you had Shayna yeah. Baszler step up and beat three women. Um, I was enter- I like that Shayna Baszler and Dabakato went face to face for a moment. I was just like, yeah. okay, what's what's about to happen here? Um, but Baszler, when she was going about against those three women, the one one of them, uh, the blonde girl that she That's was facing, Emily and Zulis, she was a uh, she was on the Titan Games last season, and she also, uh, I believe, has a uh, a, a jujitsu background. Ah, uh, it looked like at one moment Baszler just rocked her, um, and it, it just looked. I don't know. Sometimes this stuff looks dangerous at times, but. I thought that this was pretty cool. I, I just wish the camera cuts would just, like, be null and void. What do you mean? They're, like, the seven camera cuts for one second. True. I could... I understand what you're saying with that. Uh, after next, that yeah. segment, we saw Retribution flip a car and then kick it. Like you I know, said, Retribution that's, on that's Raw sucks. <laughs> they're, they're, like, it just makes no sense. Why, why are they so much better on SmackDown? I don't get it. You know, it's, it's that SmackDown crew. Yeah, but the uh, the main event saw Randy Orton defeat Kevin Owens. Uh, it was a good match. I liked that stunner reversal into the RKO. But the real meat and potatoes of this was afterwards when Randy Orton asked Ric Flair to stay out there because he had something to discuss. Which had me think for sure Ric Flair was getting RKO'd. But they cut to commercial break. Uh, mm-hmm. Back from commercial, though, uh, Randy Orton ends up blaming Ric Flair and his ego for him having to face Kevin Owens. And it was pretty. It was a, it was a weird cut too. It was like Rick, Randy Orton was ready to go into the promo, and then he kind of segued into the commercial, saying that he has something to tell him. When they get right back or something. Yeah, but Orton uh, said yeah. that he doesn't respect or love Ric Flair anymore because he's a liability to him. And uh, Yeah, pretty much saying how the Ric Flair, current Ric Flair, is not the Ric Flair of old. And he just has nothing for him. Yeah, he doesn't Flair, love him. Flair yelled at Orton. He's like, I want you to break my record. I don't want John Cena to break my record. I want you to break my record. And then Orton... Low blows Ric Flair, puts him down on the mat, and the lights flickered. Orton punts Ric Flair, but the lights were off. And then McIntyre ran down and chased Randy Orton off. I thought the segment Which was I... deep. I thought it was emotional, and I thought it. I like, I like. I can't believe I'm saying this. I thought it was actually good. Um. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with 2020. Randy Orton promos. Yeah. I mean, I have. <laughs> 2020, what a year, jeez. But it was announced that Shawn Michaels will be there next week to deal with Randy Orton, so we know what's going to happen there. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen next week. But I I kind of, I like that the lights flickered and went out right when that punt kick was taking place. Um, Just because, I mean, with everything that we're saying about Flair right now, I don't want to see him even try to sell the punt kick. Uh, but on the plus side, this potentially writes off Ric Flair from TV for a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, moving over to NXT, Karrion Cross defeats Danny Burch. Uh, Burch starts off very hot, but Cross was Cross. Yeah, he couldn't keep it up. He hits the uh, Cross jacket, puts him to sleep. 
Keith Lee came out with a contract and said that he begged William Regal for a match at, at NXT TakeOver 30 and said that he's not going to be putting his hands on Killian, not Killian, Carrion Cross until, uh, until TakeOver. Regal agrees to it. Now there's this contract. Carrion Cross signs it while keeping his eyes locked on Keith Lee, which I thought was really good. Yeah. And then Scarlett gives the contract back to Keith Lee, and I was not expecting this at all. He opens it up, and a fireball shoots out. Nah. I thought that was fantastic. That was uh, That's pretty cool how they set that up as well. Yeah, I like we I've never would have in a million years expected that. That was really cool. No. Uh not, not at all. And it only adds to the entire mystique aura around Cross and uh Scarlet. Yeah. You know? I, I, I like it a lot. But next up you had Killian Dane take on Drake Maverick. This match actually ended in a no contest. Yeah, Undisputed yeah. ran out and attacked both of them. And then Adam Cole yelled at Pat McAfee and challenged him to show up next week. Yeah. Well, I'm, I feel, like, bad for Killian Dean. You know? he. I feel like... I feel like he picks up steam, and then he dies down really quickly, and then they try to do something with him, and then he just dies down very quickly again. I, I don't really get it. But next up, you had Santos Escobar pick up the victory over Tyler Breeze. Yeah, El Legato um, del Fantasma ended up running down and distracting Tyler Breeze, and Escobar hits him with the, the Phantom Driver to to win. And then Fandango came out, who broke a mop stick to try to use that stick. He was already injured, and El Legato uh, got the better of him. And then Swerve Scott ran down to Clear House, and we have a six-man tag set up for next week. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, next up, you had Mia Yim pick up the victory for Indy Hartwell. Before the matchup, you had Indy, uh, Mia, uh, Mia Yim backstage being interviewed, and she was like just pretty much disheveled and out of it and uh, not mentally ready for a match. And like, so, I get, I get that her mind was not in the match due to what happened to Keith Lee, but I think it should have been quicker. Where she should have been fired up and wanting to get back to the hospital like as soon as possible. And that's where I, I, I go on the other side. I say that she was just not in the right state of mind. And that's why it wasn't just a quick defeat or anything like that. And plus you're trying to build up Indy Hartwell too. I mean this is, I believe Indy Hartwell has been on the past like uh, two Maybe. NXT, two or two three. Or three ta- yeah. So Indy Hartwell I, I feel like they're trying to build up as well. She, she, do you think that they could put her with the Iconics or no? Um, it's, that's potential. She's from Australia. Right? It would be interesting to add somebody else to that mix and see what, what could happen. But Um, after that, we saw Bronson Reed defeat Damian Priest, which, uh, it was a quick victory for, for Bronson Reed with him reversing the crossroads into a jackknife pin. But it was a really fun match. I like this push that Bronson Reed is getting. Yeah, especially considering like a few weeks ago, he was being defeated pretty quick. I think he was being defeated pretty quickly. Um, So it's really cool to see everything turn around for Reed. Or just not Um, used also. Yeah, for sure. So maybe he'll be the next North American champion. Maybe. 
Next up, you had Robert Stonebrand. Aliyah and Mercedes Martinez pick up the victory over Team Ninja, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Yeah, I guess Team um, KC is out. <laughs> and they, they changed their name to Team Ninja. Yeah. Uh, Robert Stone, though, cut a promo beforehand and tried to recruit Catanzaro for the Robert Stone brand. And uh, Catanzaro ends up stomping on his foot. I, and I thought I liked it. I liked that promo and, and the response. And I always enjoy seeing Casey and Caden on television. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that seeing Team Ninja is awesome. And I'm also a fan of everything that Robert Stonebrand is doing. And I'm very excited for the end of this where Rhea Ripley ended up coming out. Yeah. And facing and off with Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, Stone and Aaliyah ran off and, and then Ripley was beating uh Martinez up, but Aaliyah makes the save and Martina Martinez kind of like pushed Aaliyah away. Yeah. But they still continued like, to beat her down. And then Shotzi Blackheart ran down to make the save. Well, I feel like that's good for Mercedes because that's kind of like the persona. That's the, her persona. And that's also how she was brought into Robert Stonebrand, you know? She right. wasn't brought in looking for an opportunity. She was brought in just... I, well, I looking for matches. Why. She was looking for <laughs> matches. Yeah. Not She wasn't looking for, like, everything like else. Or something. She didn't want everything yeah. else. She just wanted matches. Exactly. So the, even when she pushes Aaliyah to the side, it was kind of like how she was pushing Robert Stone around in the beginning when she first appeared. Um, but her head off with Rhea Ripley works out perfectly. Yeah. Um, uh, next up, in regards, had... I was going to say in regards to Shotzi Blackheart, she had her car stolen recently, which included her gear and her helmet, but the cops actually found the car and her stuff was in there, so... Legit? Yeah. No, legit. And then she had to leave the the, the NXT tapings to go identify it. No way. Yeah, her and I believe it was Jake Atlas went with her and uh, he was like filming the whole thing. And she was like, can I just please look in the trunk? She had her car stolen. It was just like, I guess she had her gear in her her trunk ready to go. Oh, I'm an idiot. Why? You're not, I'm, I'm an idiot. Never mind. Why would you for think? some reason, for some reason, I'm picturing everything you're telling me in my head. I'm playing it out storyline-wise, you know? Except I'm thinking about it being her tank. Her tank? Yeah, no. the tank that she rides to. No, she had her gear and her helmet, which was was sentimental to her. So. so that's why I'm saying, like, why would they steal her tank? I don't get it. How did someone steal a tank like that? That's pretty stupid. So, <laughs> yeah, or even like, yeah. why would she? I, ha- I swear, how could she I, even I, have her gear in her tank like that? I her I tank swear, is have... parked outside of her apartment. Like what? <laughs> I I I really don't know. I swear, I have my doctorate. Um, yeah, I I don't know, but it was a fun thought. It was a fun thought. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> thankfully everything is back with her unscathed. Uh, but. Up next, we saw the Gargano's house, which we have not seen a segment like this in a while. But Johnny Gargano, which also I popped that Doc Hendricks, the picture, is still hanging in his, in his house. But, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, but Gargano said that next week he's going to win and then go on to become the new North American champion and fix NXT. He was on a ladder fixing a light bulb, so I, it tied in. It was cleverish. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we saw another Thatcher 
class on adaptation and he was teaching about the Achilles tendon, which I'm mm-hmm. sure you know something about. I don't really know much about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Achilles tendon. It's just behind your heel. <laughs> Make it Breaking just to news, describe folks. it simple for you. Uh, yeah, after your, that, we saw the main well, event. Behind your ankle. Behind the, your ankle. Yeah. The main event of the evening was for that uh, one of the ladder spots, the spots in the ladder match for the North American Championship at NXT TakeOver 30. It was Cameron Grimes. It was Kushida. And there was a mystery opponent. Cameron Grimes gets the victory, but the mystery opponent was Velveteen Dream making his return. We hadn't seen him on television in quite some time. I'm surprised that you and I didn't even guess that maybe it was Dream. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking, like, uh, Champa. I was hoping for Aleister Black. I had Brandon telling me that it was Okada. <laughs> yeah, and you, like, that was an HLS. Uh, you, that was hook, line, and sinker. You believe that right off the bat. I was like, I heard two rumblings of rumors, like serious, actual serious rumors of CM Punk and and Okada. And you are like, no way. <laughs> Let's calm down there. Calm down, okay? You, like, that was HLS to the max. <laughs> but as far as the match goes, I, I liked this. I liked when uh, Kushida had Cameron Grimes locked in the hoverboard lock and Dream went for the purple Rainmaker only to get mm-hmm. locked in one himself. Yeah, that, so was, that cool. was cool. And then Grimes hits the cave-in while Kushida was still, like, trying to lock that hoverboard in on... on uh, on dream and i was not expecting velveteen dream to lose here because he was that mystery spot but he moves on to a match next week for a spot so maybe he will end end up in that match yeah i believe there's there's two more spots one with johnny gargano it's velveteen dream it's ridge holland and the fourth name why am i blanking on the fourth name didn't this happen last week too that I blanked on the fourth name. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a fourth name. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm blanking <laughs> on it. There is another wrestler out there. It'll it'll eventually come to me when uh when I don't need it to. Oh, who who did you say? Ridge Holland. Okay. Uh oh, right. Stupid me. Finn Balor. Oh. Finn okay. Balor, Velveteen Dream, Ridge Holland, and Johnny Gargano. Hmm. So one of those, or no, two of those four men, I believe, will get spots. I'm going to guess definitely Finn Balor, because you need kind of like an eye appeal of a main person advancing. So I'm going to say that he definitely does. Um, Yeah. Uh, And then afterwards, Dream beat Kushida down, and Balor showed up to stare him down. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. not. I think I'm, I'm assuming that's the match. Yeah, that's the match next week. So who who goes over, Dreamer or Balor? I'm gonna go Balor. Uh it's yeah, Johnny versus Walker Ridge, Tom. and it's Bal- yeah. Balor versus Dream. Yeah, because I mean the only other option would be if Walter could get involved, but he's not. He's from what we know, he's not in the <laughs> states, right? But that was NXT moving over to SmackDown, which kicks off with Big E versus John Morrison. But it didn't happen right away because Retribution showed off, showed up right off the bat and uh, jumped them. 
Nah. It was very interesting. More, this this was better than Raw. Good opener. Backstage, some of the uh, the roster was talking uh, about the attack, and Miz blames Big E, and then King Corbin comes up to try and be like the locker room leader, and everyone's like, ah, oh, shut up. And uh, I, I love that this this is this is a common occurrence with Corbin too. Yeah, like this happened with Roman Reigns in the past, and I'm, I'm sure others. Yeah, and then Big E like fires himself up and fires the locker room up, and he says he's going to face John Morrison later on. He's not letting this this uh, get to him. He's not going to let Retribution get to him. And then Sheamus shows up and says Retribution should be afraid of him as well as Big E. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said he's not afraid of Sheamus and he's not alone. And the whole like SmackDown locker room was with him. Yeah. After this, we saw the Golden Role Models uh, mention that they have to t- defend the tag team titles at Payback. We were never told about Payback. This was definitely not announced, but it's the, the week after SummerSlam, mm-hmm. um, which is just so bizarre that why have SummerSlam and then another pay-per-view less than, like, does that make sense? I guess right now it's different times. I, but that doesn't I'm make not, sense. Yeah, I'm not too sure. But the, but Bailey and Sasha Banks introduced the tri-brand battle royal for that number one contender spot for the SmackDown Women's ta- uh, not Tag Team Championship, just the SmackDown Women's Championship, mm-hmm. Asuka shows up and defeats uh, a lot of people. The, the Iconics were in it. Tegan Knox, who I was hoping to have either her or Shotzi Blackheart win. Uh, Lacey Evans was in it. Naomi, Dana Brooke, Nikki Cross, Tamina, Shayna Baszler, who didn't get a, 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 an entrance, Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, and Liv Morgan. Uh, a bunch of them didn't get entrances, I should say. But yeah, uh, and then Baszler almost dropped Tegan Knox at one point. Where I don't that know was why, scary. I don't know why they would leave that in. I, I actually, I, mean, don't... I guess because it leads to uh, Knox getting eliminated by Dana Brooke. But yeah, but we could have at least it or something. I don't know. Yeah, redid it or something, but. That just it didn't make it didn't help out Dana Base. Uh, what's her Dana name? Uh, Shayna. Yeah, it didn't help out Basler at all. No, but it, it looks. It, it came yeah. down to Oscar and Shayna Baszler, which like that in itself is like a dream match. Um, and then Bailey tried to eliminate Oscar, but she gets kneed in the face, and then uh, Banks. Uh, she lands on Sasha Banks and Bailey. So she's not eliminated. She gets back in the ring and, and eliminates Baszler. So now she's going to be facing both Sasha and Bailey at SummerSlam for their, their titles, which I, I'm like all for her work in two matches. I like it a lot. Um, she has to win one of them, right? At least. I would assume. Or maybe she wins both look, of them. So I hope she doesn't win both. But just because that would be three champions in a row that have held multiple titles um but i don't know it's if she doesn't win at least one of them that would look awful for her maybe she wins both and gives one to Kyrie, and then Kyrie okay. Sane comes back <laughs> as the uh the raw women's champion or something hey never say never but afterwards i think in this case we could say never but afterwards uh sasha banks and bailey were backstage and oscar attacked them and uh Red Pants broke it up. 
Yeah. Uh, more backstage, though, we saw Mandy uh, speak about all the negative things that people have said about her in the past and then challenge Sonya Deville to a hair versus hair match at SummerSlam. Um, Hook, um, what is it? HLA? HLS. HLA is HLS. a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am definitely HLS. Um, because but no, that's the hair not, versus... you're not, that's not hook, line, and sinker. You know, that's like, you're just hooked. Know, maybe, I'm just, maybe I'm just trying to use the, the yeah, lingo that you're trying that you to use lingo use. that you're, you're not understanding. <laughs> HLS is like, I got you, pal. Yeah. You got, got. I mean, you didn't get got here. I get, You're just I get into the, lingo. the match. No, I'm cool with the lingo. I'm like, I'm down with it. I'm hip. Hey guys, I get I'm it. Hip. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get what you guys say. <laughs> That's funny. And, and then later on, Sonya Deville accepted. So one of them are going to be getting their heads shaved. I'm gonna say Sonya. I would assume no? Sonya Deville as well. Um, but I, I, history, you were at. I believe the last hair versus hair match for SummerSlam. Yeah, I was there. The Highway that to Hell SummerSlam night. 1998 at Madison Square Garden. Double J Jeff Jarrett versus X Pac. No, that's not the last one. At SummerSlam. Oh, 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 at SummerSlam. Yeah. Also, I, I don't know how many ten. hair versus hair matches WWE has done. You had Edge versus Kurt Angle, right? Um. Which, that's the one where Kurt Angle lost his hair. Yes, but was that specifically just hair versus hair? I think so. Because I think I, was... I know, I know uh, Molly Holly versus Victoria was hair versus title. You had the uh, Lashley versus Umaga with McMahon and Trump. Yes, that was also I guess technically a hair versus hair match. Yeah, technically. Also um Rey Mysterio was a uh, a mask versus hair match with CM Punk, I believe. Mhm. So yeah, but the last I believe the last SummerSlam hair versus hair match, the probably the only one maybe would have been Jeff Jarrett versus X-Pac. Yeah. So I popped for the fact that we're going to get something interesting, something that I would have never had thought that we would see in a million years. But I'm interested to see it. Uh, after this, we saw Nikki Cross backstage apologizing to Alexa Bliss. And Alexa Bliss is just like, I'm fine. And Nikki's like, you got to get out of here. You got to hide from the fiend. And she's like, no, I need answers from Braun. And then they cut backstage to another segment with AJ Styles. And wouldn't you know... <laughs> An unnamed person at that point, Abyss, turns out to be Joseph Park, which is just like holy moly. <laughs> That's I like, love that he has the he has the name. Yeah, uh, but and I really didn't grasp what they were saying in that first segment because I was just marking out at that. <laughs> but then they go to the ring and uh, and it was about statistics for who AJ Styles should be facing for the Intercontinental Championship or who he should be defending the title against based on the statistics that Joseph Park came up with. And AJ Styles was in the number one slot and nobody else was there. He said nobody Styles, else earned a slot. AJ Styles goes ahead and name drops Joseph Park again. Yeah, uh, so that was our confirmation that that was 110%. That was Joseph Park. <laughs> yeah, he name dropped Joseph Park again. And Joseph Not Park, again. That was the only time he did it. Oh, that was the only um, 
But his mannerisms and his selling, his facial reactions of Joseph Park, I really hope that they keep him on TV. Yeah. I mean, most likely, I they probably won't. But if they pair no, him up I could AD, see him. I don't know. I could see him showing up again. Do you think we're ever going to see him in a ring again? I don't know. I don't know at all, but I don't. I don't know if he's retired, like officially retired, or if he has an injury. But I would love to see Abyss in the ring again. Yeah, but Jeff Hardy came out and asked for a title shot. AJ Styles said no, and then Jeff Hardy attacked AJ Styles and wrote his name on the whiteboard. And AJ was interviewed later on about Jeff's challenge, and AJ ends up accepting it. So it's, I believe, going to be on SmackDown next week. Mm-hmm. But I popped yeah. that that segment where AJ accepted it because he set it up perfect. He goes, and we're going to see what happens when people face me, AJ Styles. You get erased. And then goes to erase Jeff Hardy's name. <laughs> and he couldn't because it was permanent marker. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, I feel like AJ Styles, everything he touches is amazing. And he's he always has that he has that comedic sense of humor where his he doesn't have a comedic character. But yeah. he's always involved with comedy. That's really legit funny. Yeah, and he also plugged his Twitch on WWE. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more backstage stuff. Cesaro and Nakamura were talking, talking uh, to each other about Lucha House Party. And they snuck up from behind and stole the tag team titles. Which yeah. led into Grand Metallic defeating Shinsuke Nakamura. You had Cesaro distracting Grand Metallic at one point. And Kalisto returns from injury. And uh, him and, uh, and Lince took Cesaro out. But And this match itself, this is what I wished that the match with AJ Styles was like. And, this was a oh, good yeah. match. And Kalisto is in great shape. Yeah. He's in fantastic shape. What did you think about the finish? The yeah. elbow. Well, that's his finisher, though, for the most part. I don't know. It, it, so at that moment. Or signature move, I should say. Because yeah, but at, at that moment when that happened, I couldn't help but be like, wow, this is what's happening to Nakamura. Like, this is somebody that was huge in Japan. He was yeah, but, amazing but, but, NXT. But Grandma Talik was huge in Mexico. All right, calm down there. Calm down there. What do you mean? <laughs> Mascara Dorado <laughs> was huge in Mexico. And I mean, he he did stuff in in New Japan as well. That's true. Not, not like not like uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, but but yeah, he was Grand Metallic. He was a, he's a big name from Mexico. That's true. Yeah. So, and I think he actually is one of the best wrestlers in WWE right now. So is Lince Dorado. They had like, and and also Kalisto, which I've said to his face. <laughs> Yeah. So uh free, free, free WWE. What? Free WWE. Oh, free WWE, yeah. Um after that we saw Matt Riddle being interviewed about King Corbin and Shorty G cuts him off to apologize, and then King Corbin attacks Matt Riddle from behind and thanks Gable for helping. So we thought Chad Gable was gonna be like a a, a face again. Because he apologized, but no, he helped King Corbin out. So he's uh, a bad guy. 
He's a bad guy, yeah. Um, also, uh, he's got a, a new theme song. Yeah. Not, that he uh, does. Not, not that great of a theme song, though. Uh, no. Hopefully they change his name too soon. The Shorty G gimmick, I don't know. Like what you, I feel like it didn't get over as it, as they hoped it would. Mm, well, I think we should have like had it, I guess, changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was there a match? There was a match with with Shorty G, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, Sheamus. I think he was. Oh, at, yeah, that was actually Sheamus. I think that was before Nakamura, but uh, Sheamus picked up the victory over Gable. Yeah. Um. Right. That was like way before. I don't know how I skipped that. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Seamus <laughs> is still rolling with that, um, what, like an Irish... Uh, yeah, like an Irish brawler. But it was also, oh, it was yeah. weird um, that Seamus dismissed some security guards prior to this match, but it had no factor in his match. Very interesting, Seamus. But yeah, back to it's like the you're end. trying to get some retribution on Gable. Yeah, towards the end though, we had that sit down interview with Alexa Bliss, and she was saying how that um, her and Braun were best friends, and then they asked her about like a potential relationship, like a romantic one with her, with her and him, and she said maybe. And then they brought up the fiend, and it abruptly ends with a commercial break. Yeah. And then comes back to the main event, which was Big E defeating John Morrison. Yeah. And I've been said, I believe I said this last week, they're pushing Big E as a singles competitor, but they keep putting him against tag team competitors. Yeah. But uh, Otis, Otis came down during this to yell at Miz because of the whole Mandy thing. Uh, the lights started to go on and off again. The locker room comes out, surrounds the ring. And Retribution shows up, tearing apart the backstage, attacks some referees, some other people. And, there was somebody uh, in the bathroom. Yeah, they locked them in. Yeah, and, which was uh, totally random. And Sheamus ends up, after uh, after the match, hits Big E with a bro kick. Mm-hmm. And it leads to Braun, who is now bald, coming out. No interaction with Sheamus. Braun calls out The Fiend. Alexa Bliss came oh. out instead, and she, she, Braun's like, leave. Yeah, Braun is, this new Braun, now this is the monster. Champa, Snitsky, Braun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, he uh, got slapped a bunch of times by Alexa Bliss, and he picks her up in the gorilla press position. And then as the Fiend's entrance starts and uh, like the, the lights go out and everything, the lights actually go out and he, she gets Gorilla Press slammed. Yeah, I, I thought that was really unexpected that he was going to do that to Alexa Bliss. And then. So this was kind did. of. This is like very equal to Ric Flair and the punt. Yes, totally. Um, I agree with that. And then the lights come back on and Braun is gone, but the Fiend is where. Braun was standing. Yeah, and then Braun ends up on the Titan Tron laughing, as does the Fiend. And that's how SmackDown ends. Yeah. I thought it was a really good episode of SmackDown. I totally agree with you. I the ending was really cool. It was like pop I, after pop after pop for me. 
Like Retribution um, showing up from the start was like the the first pop. Then you had the uh, you had Oscar, another pop. Yeah, I mean for me it was the the like seeing the NXT women like Knox and Shotzi yeah, but like we like knew that. that was gonna be a thing. We didn't know Oscar was gonna be in that match. That's true. So that was another pop, and then you had um, you had Mandy Rose challenging Sonya to a hair versus hair match, which was a pop. Like, yeah. could, imagine if there were actual fans there, and and yeah, she says it, that they they go nuts. We also I, found out that next I, week, I, next week they're gonna be not at the performance center. Yeah, they're gonna and they're gonna have the virtual. What they said, the virtual well, they fans. Didn't, they didn't announce that virtual stuff uh, officially. It was rumored, but uh, they said uh, that, and we believe the fans will be involved in some manner. So I thought it, no, I thought that they said virtual. I don't believe they said that. I feel like they said I for some reason I feel like they mentioned virtual fans or virtual WWE universe. Maybe in a virtual way they said. Perhaps. I feel like yes. I want to say yes. But so yeah, that yeah. was SmackDown uh Hey Chris got a rant of the week. Chris's match of the week. I sure do there, young Brandon. Uh, And I've kind of been ranting about it this entire week. I mean, this entire episode so far. If you don't like something, if you don't like the product, don't freaking watch it. Plain and simple. Don't pay attention to it. Don't give... It takes more energy to be angry and upset with something than it is to be happy and positive about something. So you have to kind of take those negatives and put them to the side that you don't like and focus on other things. I don't watch WWE programming anymore. I don't know what it is, but it's just it wasn't doing it for me. And my sitting there watching it saying, oh my god, this retribution angle when they threw the cinder block through the wall looked like a bunch of monkeys jumping up and down being excited about something. No. What did I do? I took my energy and I put it on the side. I watched Talk of Shop Mania four times because it was outstanding. Yeah, you don't I you don't like good lot. you don't like good wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You know, I don't like this terrible mass man uh, gimmick that they stole from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. But that's it in itself. Um, but uh, take your energy and focus on wrestling that you like. Don't sit there and badmouth a product and spend all of your energy. Listen, a lot of us are still in quarantine. A lot of us don't have jobs. You know, so I and the climate of 2020 is very negative. But yeah, a, a lot of people say this and it, it sounds very cliche, but do better. Try to be positive. I, as I say, I don't like what WWE work. I've been enjoying Impact. I've been watching Impact. I've been watching the back catalog and Impact's Twitch. Um, I signed up for two months to independent wrestling TV which was awesome and I got a, a nice good two month fix, fix of deathmatch stuff. I like the AEW wrestling aspect of it, but things I don't like, I'm not going to be like, you know, going on Twitter and tweeting at these guys, like, oh, this is terrible, you guys are, you know, just focus on the positive stuff. I say this about politics, and I, I it, it equates to this as well, it's just, don't, don't care. Just stop it's caring. Speaking of politics, organi- <laughs> yeah, stop caring so much, that's ex- so Stop exactly caring 2020. It. Listen. The WWE Network is getting a bunch of indie wrestling on it this weekend. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll go onto the network to watch that. But it's not a, it's not a bunch of indie wrestling, no. but maybe you want to, might want to check out SummerSlam to see uh, a cool cool setup or something. No, I, I I have no desire to watch SummerSlam. 
None whatsoever. But maybe you want to. Maybe, maybe if something catches my eye, like like I watched the 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 swamp fight between. I watched that and it wasn't good. I don't think it was that, good. Yeah, it, was weird. It, it left nothing to the imagination. You know, everybody complained about AEW during that stampede, uh, the stadium stampede match of them, like you know, drowning people. They drowned Braun Strowman, and nobody batted batted an eye about it. I think that was completely different. Did I go different. on my Twitter and be that like, oh my god, they're drowning though. him? That was completely different. Not completely different at all. 110% completely different. Back. It was the week of. That's a lot different. I know, but still, they... Whatever. It was a I'm misstep gonna, for AEW. Argue. That was it was completely different. Like I said when we spoke about it, if it we'll was see. any other week... I want to see, speaking of Shad, I want to see JTG versus Cody Rhodes. For the, for I do, time. too. I saw him trying to, like, promote that or whatever. I would definitely like to see JTG versus Cody Rhodes. Cody. Oh, it'd be, oh, it'd be awesome. But that's, again, that's another thing. That's why I don't want to just quite yet picture Brody Lee winning the championship. So There could be more legs to this Cody Rhodes open challenge thing. I understand. Um, but don't you don't like something, don't watch it. If you don't agree with something, don't pay attention to it. I hate politics. I hate politics. Politics and organized religion. Don't talk to me about it because I don't care about it. So am I getting so bent out of shape over, you know, what's going on in the presidential race? No, I'm not because I don't care. Me being a taxpaying citizen, I should care because there's a lot of things that are going to go on to it. You know, I care about everything that's going on in the world right now, but I choose not to focus on that and focus my energy positively in other directions of my life. I know people aren't going to agree with me on this, but this is my rant of the week, and I think this is the longest rant that I've had in a while. And honestly, to tell you the truth, earlier in the week when all this negative BS going on with the IWC, like, worse than it has been in recent weeks, I'm like, I was like, I don't want to do marketing out. I don't want to pay attention to this stuff. But no, I feel like me and Brandon have had more of a positively constructive criticism this week than trashing things in that we've done in previous weeks. Or, you know, Brandon's done in previous weeks. <laughs> Fuck. Um, you trash <laughs> just as much as me. I know, but I don't do it as... As, as publicly. <laughs> as publicly, yes. I as Again, I keep my opinions to myself. And I keep your opinions to yourself. If you don't like something, don't watch it. I've said that 15 times. Brandon... Who are you shouting out? This is Marking Out Smooth Jazz. Brandon Shoutout's gonna make you. The first shout out is going to Raw Talk. It's a show that I've been sleeping on, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's not a show I'm gonna watch after Raw, that's when it airs. Um, but as for the past, like, few weeks, Char it's been Charlie Caruso as the host, but I believe R-Truth, I don't know if he's always been there or not, but for the past few weeks, he's also been the host, and I literally went back and watched three weeks worth of Raw Talk in one sitting, and R-Truth is just fantastic. Him and the guests play off each other so well, and it's, it's, I think it's completely unscripted, and I think the point of... Raw talk might be for our truth to get everybody else to break. And I think that's always hilarious. And uh, the boys. Yeah, definitely check it out. And I, the reason why I watched it was one clip of uh, somebody posted a clip of our uh, truth talking to Shayna Baszler about tartar sauce. 
and fish and catering where she almost breaks. So I was like, let me check this out, actually. And it's it's kind of reminiscent of of uh, talking smack, but like more. I'm gonna just try to pop the boys sort of thing. Uh, but the next shout-out, I don't know if you saw this or not, WWE is now selling on WWE Shop a Signature Series Intercontinental Championship for China. I don't know if you saw it. No, um, sorry. But it's something, I, I think it would have been really cool if she actually used. It's like got the studs all over it. It looks like gear she would have worn or something, like a title that would have been like tailor-made for her. Um but I, I, this is, I believe, the first Signature Series championship that they've done that wasn't a world title. Like, they've done uh, uh, John Cena. They've done uh, Eddie Guerrero, which was another... I think Eddie Guerrero's and China's might be the, my two favorite uh, titles that they've done. And then, obviously, The Undertaker. They've had Triple H has one, etc. But, yeah, it's... I don't know. I don't know who buys these things, but it's certainly cool to look at. And then maybe for the last time, the last shout out goes to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, they aired their final two episodes on Wednesday night, and I'm definitely going to miss the show. I watched it from the start in 2013, and uh, I always hoped that we would see the characters sort of transition into MCU movies, but that never happened. But maybe now that it's over, we will, perhaps. But I know none of them are going to be listening to this, but thank you to the cast and crew because I've enjoyed the heck out of it. Normally, I, I don't watch comic book stuff, but the Marvel Universe really hooked me in with a majority of their stuff, I should say. I wasn't a big fan of the Netflix gimmicks, but but yeah, that's those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for Our... right our mark out moment of the week uh definitely had to have been getting that email at first that the edge three and one was uh being shipped as well as my folklore uh, cd finally did it get to the house yet no it was just it's i think it's still in detroit i don't know what what the cd's doing in detroit but i would have thought it would be like made hey. in nashville <laughs> Yeah, you th- you'd think, hey, maybe that's where the CD producing plant is, or Target, or whatever you got it from. It was from Taylor Swift's website. Norm- I could swear all our stuff normally came from, from Tennessee, but uh, yeah, it's stuck in Detroit right now. So I'm waiting on that, but we do have the figure. We spoke about that earlier, definitely big time. It's crazy that like Matt and Brian's last figure currently in WWE is a flashback series where it's just their heads. <laughs> I remember and like I remember watching Armageddon 2008 and then when they did the whole double switch thing and I looked I go holy poop I'm like that's Matt I was like oh my god I'm like oh my god and I, I think I this is like before you know texting is what it is today I was like Matt Matt's in the main event of Armageddon right now it's an edgehead <laughs> and then I'm uh, being so proud of him and then I remember he debuted that Friday on Smackdown and my parents were holding their annual like Christmas party and I was I was bartending at the party and I'm like, listen, I'm like, everybody shut up. Um 
uh, whoever this is, Brett Major is on TV making a big debut, and I was just like, oh man, um, it, it's 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 nostalgic too because now I have his first figure, that first elite with the one legged, which goes for a bunch yeah. of money, and now I have his last figure too. So uh, yeah, it's really it's, awesome, it's crazy. It's I love yeah. it. Um, and, I didn't uh, mark out about other stuff, did I? I don't I don't even know. I saw them uh, wrestle a dark match against Drew McIntyre and and Dave Taylor in 2007 at the Coliseum. That was cool. But uh, mark out. I I watched uh, Netflix has that game on event that I spoke about. The the I didn't realize at the time that it was going to be four episodes. The the crossover gimmick with the Big Show show. So Big Show is on. The first two. One is a Big Show show episode, and the next one is a Mr. Iglesias episode. Um, but he's on both of them. And I popped because Vince McMahon got mentioned on it. So I thought, I thought that was funny. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the Mark Out moments. That's our show. Episode mark it out, 376. Four ninety six. Whatever it is. 497. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this online listening experience. Um, it's going to be a pain in the butt to edit, but we're going to do it. Uh, anyway, uh, social media-wise, Facebook.com slash out, Twitter.com slash out, YouTube, and Instagram.com slash out. Buy our merchandise at ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Follow me on Twitter, Chris Sweendog. Dave on Twitter, DaveTheRave underscore Mo, and Brandon on both YouTube, uh, not YouTube, um, Twitter and Instagram. BTTG161. Until next week, we wish you the best I can't, uh, of luck, luck in, your... in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.